Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast. We are putting a ribbon on the high school football season. I'm Dominique Yates. Joining me is Jason Frakes, and um, it's it's hard to believe in a weird way, even though the season went long <laughs> at times. It still feels weird to say that, like, football is over, um, and it's time to talk. We're getting into basketball. King of the Bluegrass is coming up. So many other things. Basketball is in full swing. Um, as we tape this show on this Tuesday, we were already talking about basketball, and we'll do more of that um, moving forward um, in podcasts. But this week, let's wrap up football. Um, before we dive deep into that Class 6A game that obviously turned some heads, um, Jason, is there anything that stood out from the year as a whole or from state finals or anything that just has been on your mind that you just want to talk about? <laughs> well, I think uh... – you know, there were a couple of surprises over the weekend, but uh, I think everything, you know, if you go back to August and look at the teams that were projected to win, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of those came through. You know, I yeah. think Pikeville in A was not a surprise. Boyle yeah. County uh, in 4A was not a surprise. South Warren in 5A wasn't a surprise. Uh, you got the two best teams in 2A, Beachwood and Lexington Christian. Now you might have been a little surprised that Beachwood won in that game. I don't know. You know, 3A was a class we talked about all year that was wide open, and then, you know, Belfry puts things together and they win it. And Unbelievable. Then, you know, we'll talk about the 6A game as well. But, um, you know, things kind of went mostly as planned, if you will. I mean, there were some teams like Russellville, uh, you know, who got in there, you know, got to a final. But uh, I, I think there weren't any huge surprises as far as the – as the six state champions go, that that's a good point, and um, it, it just it was fascinating to spend the weekend up there, and it, it was cool even when we weren't there, just tracking scores um, on that Friday night, and um, I, I think too the one thing that stood out for me, I, I think that a lot of teams this week proved that they deserved to be there, yeah, and they deserved worthy of being state champion or state runner up, so uh, I think that again was. Uh, Impressive to see, and yeah, that was the weekend at Kroger Field in Lexington. But Jason, I get go ahead. What do you got? No, I, I was just gonna say, you know, I think we probably talked about this a little bit last week, but you know, the RPI gets criticism and yeah. deservedly so. It's not perfect, but um, if you go back to when they first started this, one of the main goals was to get the two best teams in the final, and I and I think compared to previous years, that the RPI has done a great job of that. It really has. I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of bad finals here the last few games. Every single one of these games, um, you know, Boyle County, Johnson Central got a little out of hand, but it was still only a 17-point game. But you look, you know, you've got a a three-point game in A, you've got a two-point game in 2A, you've got a five-point game in 3A. Um, You know, it's it's done its job of getting us the two best teams – in the state, no matter what part of the state they're from, yeah. um, you know we're, we're getting really good matchups in the finals. So I think that you know you, you can say what you want about the RPI, and yes, it's not perfect, but at the very least, it's it's done that job for us. I guess the the one thing too that makes me laugh to think about now, one of the more outspoken people about it, <laughs> end up winning the state championship, yep. and that is Kevin Wallace at St. X. So. That's really funny to think about. He he was one of the more outspoken critics of the. He was, <laughs> he was like was. the most nonsensical thing out there, and sure enough, now he is a state champion because um, he did benefit from it. No yeah. question about it. You know, Davis County, Madison Central, but I mean, you had to beat the juggernaut. You had to beat Mayo. Let's jump into that six A yeah. game. Let's jump right into it. 
St. X did exactly what they needed to do, but the unique thing is they didn't do it in the way we said they needed to. Going into it, we said, like, you need to get the ball first, you need to score first, you need to put the pressure on, yeah. mail to capitalize and not keep it competitive, not keep it close at all. But that's what happened, though. Mel drove down the field. Vinny Anthony caught him on the bomb. Uh, the defense went back and forth. It was like not the way the game <laughs> we envisioned it played out. Yeah. But St. X dominated the game, in my opinion. They controlled the game. And even when times you could have argued that it looked like it might be in doubt, it still really wasn't because in terms of what you need to do to win a game, you need that guy or and when you're playing male, multiple guys – to you can say play out of their minds and yeah. perform on the biggest stage, and Mel has the opposite, where quote unquote no one shows up. You can say Vinny did and Dominic, uh, you know, showed up for them, but Jack Savory had the best game he's had throwing the ball. Makai Smith took over the game. Yeah, a lot of guys that we've talked about that we were waiting for, like when are they going to have that type of game? They had it on the big stage, and that is why Saint X is a state champion. That is why Kevin Wallace finally gets that ring on the 6A level. He's won a lot in 5A, but he's finally done it on the big stage. And that is why Mel is state runner-up once again because St. X delivered and did what they were supposed to do. And it was impressive. Yeah. um, I'm not going to say that St. X dominated the whole game, but they definitely dominated the second half uh, when it counted. Um, And – you know, and listening to Chris Wolf talk after the game, he, he 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 didn't say it this way, but reading between the lines, it was we're going to make Jack Savory beat us with his arm, yeah. and he did. Yeah. And you know, it's something. It's crazy. It's not even something that Kevin Wallace has been talking about just this season. He's been talking about it since he took the job four years ago. We have to get better in the passing game, and. You know, to, to see them win it in that fashion with Jack Zavori throwing the ball 36 times, yeah. 306 yards, yes. three touchdowns. Um, yeah, he ran it too. He ran for 64 yards and a touchdown, but that's not what beat Mayo. What beat Mayo was Jack Zavori and Makai Smith yes. going out of their minds and really and really just quite simply picking on Mayo's secondary. Yes. And, and they could not stop Makai Smith. This is the game that Kevin Wallace has been dreaming about. Yes. For Makai Smith. Yes. For three years. Yes. And yes, Makai Smith has had some great games at St. X and led him to some victories, but he was the player of that game. Yes. Ten catches, 128 yards, two two touchdowns, and made some at least two one-handed catches that I can re- remember. Yes. Um, you know, we we've always wondered why doesn't Makai Smith have big-time college offers and. I don't know that we'll ever get a, a, a complete answer to that, but um, if this kid wants to play college football, somebody needs to be knocking on his door. I mean, it's one thing to do it in the state championship game, but who you did it against. Yeah. We know how good Mel is. Yeah. We know what – not just – yeah, I mean, yeah, we talk about offensive guys. We talk about Benny and stuff, but like – these defensive guys aren't pushovers either. No. Like, no one just, like, runs up and down the field on them. No one just straight up burns male secondary. Even though, yeah, if you wanted to say what's a, a weak spot of the defense, you yeah. could say, yeah, the secondary. But yeah. it was just like, serious. like, they had no answer for Makai. And, yeah, they had no answer for Savory's arm. So it did surprise me, the game plan in that regard, but it did make it did feel like 
the the quote unquote Trinity upset in the state final against Mel. Um, I guess it was two years ago uh, when Mel was the favorite, undefeated, and they beat Trinity um, in the regular season. It was like McElroy in that game played out of his mind, throwing the ball, and the defense rattled um, Parrish, who was the quarterback in Mel at the time. That's yeah. like the same type of script that St. X had. Savori played out of his mind. Makai Smith looked incredible. And the defense rattled Shuddy. Yeah. Shuddy had no time to throw the ball. He was banged up. You saw him limping yeah. on the field. You saw just all of that just kind of just domino effect in terms of what could go wrong for Mel. And it did. A lot of the penalties that Chris Wolf has talked about still happened in this game, but St. X capitalized. The turnovers in this game that has happened, not as much, but you know, there's been some fumbles from Mel throughout the year. St. X capitalized. So it was just like that situation where everything that could have happened in a bad way for Mel happened, but the only difference is St. X capitalized. And that that's what you have to do on this stage. You just have to capitalize on any type of mistakes. So it was impressive that St. X was able to do that. And again, holding that juggernaut of an offense to 21 points. Yeah, and and you know, just I'm sitting here looking at the final stats from that game. And if you looked at the stat sheet, it, it's it's sort of hard to figure out how St. X won the game. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe not real hard, but you know, total offense, male, male won in total offense. Male outrushed them by 100 yards. Yeah, 164 to 64. You know, Sweeney had a good game. Now he didn't break off any long runs. No, but he, he you know he played well. He ran for 124 yards. So. But what really sticks out is the turnovers. Yep. You know, Mayo had three turnovers. St. X only had one. You know, Shuddy threw two interceptions. Had the fumble. Um, you know, yeah, and had the fumble. You know, we're never going to know what was going on in Nick Shuddy's mind. I know it. Um, I know you know, it. for those who don't know, his father passed away on uh, Tuesday morning, um, you know, just four days before the game. Um, you know, a, 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 just a tragic story. And... You know, you know, we asked Chris Wolf, did he feel like his team was emotionally drained, you know, Saturday, given, you know, what they went through with Nick Shuddy's father. And it wasn't just Nick Shuddy's father. I mean, this this is a Brian Shuddy was a man who was around the program. He worked on the film film crew. He coached a lot of these kids, yeah. you know, coming up, you know, through youth leagues. So you know, it, it wasn't just Nick Shuddy. A, a lot of it, a lot of those guys over at Mail knew Brian Shuddy. So, and and no, I'm not trying to make an excuse. Saint X was definitely the better team. They yes. deserved to win Saturday night, but we'll never truly know the impact that had on the game, especially with Nick Shuddy. And you know, we like I said, we asked Coach Wolf about it. I asked him, and he sort of brushed the question aside. And then one of the TV guys asked him you know, right afterwards, and, you know, he got a little emotional about it and, and talking about Brian Shuddy, but, he, you know, he, he wasn't going to use that as an excuse, and like I said, maybe we'll never know if it's a, if it's a, it's a, if it's a valid excuse, but you, you, at least with Nick, you can't, it's hard to imagine that his mind was totally right Saturday night. Absolutely, and you could ask Kevin, Kevin Wallace after the game. He was like, look, that's tough. Because he brought up an example once when he was coaching at Bowling Green in 2008 in the playoffs. They were upset, and it was the same day his father passed away. So you never know emotions going into a game. You know, people 
brought up, you know, you saw the, the Louisville-Kentucky blowout uh, from that football game, and then after the game, everyone discovered Scott Satterfield's dad passed away an hour before the game. Well, it's funny you bring that up. 2004 Trinity, probably the most shocking upset in Trinity football history. They got beat in the second round by Dixie Heights that year. It was the earliest exit ever for Bob Beatty. Bob Beatty's dad that, died yeah. that week. Yeah. So it's funny you bring that up and just how these these things, you know, people people from the outside want to say we're making excuses for people, and that's not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But to ignore it and, and to ignore the fact, to ignore the, ignore the prospect that it has an effect on the outcome of the game, I think is irresponsible as well. And like I said, we'll never know how much of an impact it had, but y- you got to figure that – you know, male, and like I said, especially Nick Shuddy, probably not at peak performance on Saturday. Well, I mean, you could just watch the game because even for me, I'm down on the field and yeah. I'm just sitting there like I was talking to like some of the like TV guys and the people that I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. This sideline is dead silent. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And it was just like, even like all the usual guys that are like, come on, guys, we got that. Like, it's not like they been down before like they've been down in games before yeah. teams have hit them in the mouth this season like bullies hit him in the mouth yeah. mel hit him in or trinity hit him in the mouth saint x did in that second half in the first game so it's not like teams haven't come out and say like rah 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 we're going to come after mel they're the best but it was just like it felt flatter than normal yeah. and guys just kind of felt in their own world and i was trying to even get a read off shuddy and just how he's doing because again like you said like you don't want to think about that, but there's a lot of kids in that situation. You don't even want to get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. You lose someone, a relative, a parent that you're close to. But not only did he, he went to practice, went to class, talked to the media. You know, he talked to you that he was, week. He was at practice the day the day his father died. He his, went to, his father died that Tuesday morning. Now, he didn't practice, but he showed up and watched yes. that practice that Tuesday afternoon. And, yes. You know, Chris Wolf had told him, you're not practicing. Yeah. At least not that Tuesday. and. And Shuddy wanted to, and, and Chris told him, "No, you're not practicing." But you know, he did return Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And yeah, I, I, I feel a little weird talking about a kid in this sense, given what his father is going through. And, right. and you know, uh, you know, I, I don't mean any disrespect to the Shuddy family by talking about this. I hope no one takes it that way. But it obviously was a part of that game, and and, yeah. and had, uh, you know, I, I think it, I think it's pretty obvious that it affected the way he played. It did, no question about it, but. Um, again, uh, respect to him though, and respect for him for showing up. Yes, you know he could have, you know he could have easily said, I, "I can't do this," but um, yeah, you know it, it was a respectable performance given the circumstances and what he went through, and yeah, you know the kid's going to have an outstanding uh, future playing baseball at Western Kentucky. That's Look great. forward to him coming back in the spring and, and watching him pitch for for Mel's baseball team. Yeah, no question about it. So again, it was really big and. Um, that's just the name of the game. But also, it was very classy after the game. The biggest thing that stood out to me that you can say it's like touching and really nice, You in the midst of just winning a state championship, seeing all of the Sanex players, coaches, Kevin Wallace, going over personally to Nick Shuddy, giving him a hug, shaking his hand, having kind words. Kevin Wallace talked to him for a minute and gave him a big hug. I'm like, that is very... Um, classy and respectable. It's like you just pulled off, arguably, you could say the biggest upset in the state, in any sport, <laughs> this calendar year, but instead you're just like, it's bigger than sports. Yeah. So uh, I just give a lot of respect to 
Um, not only say next, but male how they handled it. Like you said, Nick Shuddy was very classy. So was Chris Wolf. Even after a tough, draining, emotional game that you lose, he even though you know tears in his eyes in the media, he still handled it. So again, uh, that was big for them. We were confident that we could be in the game and that we could we could be competitive. But a lot of things had to go right for us to win. I mean, that, that from a talent perspective, you know, when they line up, we line up against our guys. You know, they. They've got really good people, and, and I have a lot of admiration for our guys and how they fought and how they, you know, they took a game plan and they believed in each other, and these two guys made incredible plays. Michael Duddy made an incredible play on the, on the, on the fade on the other end, and uh, we just did tough things. That's, you know, that, that's, that's an offense that's – Starting two sophomore offensive linemen, started a sophomore running back, and, you know, we gutted it out. Here's a question, Jason, to move along. I don't think you'll answer it, or I don't know if you'll have an opinion on it, but I want to ask you. Let's talk about that. You said that fifth year, <laughs> that COVID year. There is, uh, as you see, there were a lot of teams, it was talked about on Twitter, a lot of teams that benefited from it. Uh, Russellville, a team that made it to the state finals. Some people ask why. They had good players, but a lot of those guys came back. Pikeville, South Warren didn't, but Boyle County did, and Belfry did with Isaac Dixon. So not only did yeah. they have guys come back, Herget came back at Beachwood. So it's like guys that were like MVP-type guys. Right, right. And, and Jagger Gillis at Boyle County. Yes, that came back and did that. So what are your – do you think that it was – do you feel like it's fair – Unfair, kind of, or what are your takes on it? Well, if you're asking me if it was fair or unfair, I think it was fair because everyone had this opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it wasn't like the KHSAA said, okay, this school can do it, this school can't. Yeah. It was up to every every um, individual school board to decide. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, pretty much high school athletes, high school students, not athletes, high school students were given the chance to pretty much reclassify themselves. Mm -hmm. So a, a senior last year could decide to come back for a fifth year. This is all COVID-related. Yep. Um, and, you know, if you felt like you uh, kind of missed out on a, on a year or needed some academic help or, or whatever the reason. Now, a lot of this ended up being athletics. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids, especially seniors, uh, came back for a fifth year. And, and those were the kids we're talking about. Uh, Cameron Herget at, at Beachwood. He was a co-Mr. Football last year. Yeah. Um, he came back. Um, Isaac Dixon, the Belfry running back, he came back. And Jagger Gillis, the Boyle County combat. Now, all three of those guys, I, I'm not sure that all three of them were MVPs of their state finals, but they all had huge games. Yeah. Um, you know, Isaac Dixon ran oh wild. Herget had a great game. Uh, Gillis had a ga great game. So, um and so, you know, these are guys who in any other year would have been freshmen in college and they're playing high school football. So did that give those guys an advantage? Hell yeah, it gave them an advantage, you know, to have uh, kids like that uh, sticking around and playing. So, um, you know, I, I, I think you're going to see going forward, you know, all those guys are probably Mr. Football candidates, and I think it's going to be up to the voters to decide, hey, you know, how much – you know, how much are we going to factor that in? You know, a guy who could have won it last year came back for a fifth year. Are we going to vote for a guy like that? That's something I'm I'm wrestling with myself. 
Um, you know, I, but to to say it was unfair, well, the only people saying that are the, are the people who are at schools who they voted against it. So yeah. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy because pretty much you did it to yourselves. Now maybe now the football coach didn't do it to himself because he's not the one that voted. It was the school board. Yeah. But you know, for a school board to vote it down, well, you know, maybe it was academic reasons or, or whatever else. That's fine, and and that's probably why you should have voted it down. You know, from the academic right uh, standpoint of things, but. You had to know if you were voting it down, you're setting your sports teams up to maybe have a little bit of a disadvantage. And, you know, maybe those teams win without those guys. I don't know, but uh, it certainly helped having them. Fair or unfair, maybe that's not the right question. How about do they deserve to be in the conversation of Mr. Football or MVP in the state title game? Because, yeah, you can say it's an advantage. Like, I mean, Isaac Dixon was going to be playing college football right now. Right. But instead he was running over – no disrespect, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds right. from Paducah Tillman that yep. will not be playing college football. Yep. They didn't stand a chance. So that's like, I guess that's the better way I would spin it because, in my opinion, if I was going to crown, like you say, quote-unquote, undisputed state champion in yep. this state, it's yep. not going to be a team that has – it's going to be like South Warren, right. who these were seniors that were not seen. that were juniors last year. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if St. X did. I believe same thing. So it would be one of those type teams. Right. And again, it doesn't take away. Like, I still picked Boyle County to win the state title. Right. I still picked um, Belfry to win the state title. I still picked Pikeville. So I still picked these guys to win it yeah. and still tip the cap. But in my opinion, I just don't feel that you deserve to win an award if you were playing as a senior last year. I, I just don't believe that. I, a lot of people feel that way. And, and to be honest, I'm not going to vote for any of those guys yeah. for Mr. Football. They, yeah. they had their chance to win it last year. And like we said, one of them did win it. Yeah, Cameron Hargott yeah. won it. Um, you know, he was the co-Mr. Uh, Football with uh, Jagger Burton from Frederick Douglass. Right. So, you know, I think they had their chance last year. And, and, and I'm not... I'm not judging those kids for coming back. Let's not get at that. All. Let's get that straight. Not at We're all. not judging those kids for coming back. No, they made personal decisions to do it, and more power to them. And so, it paid off. And they, yeah, they got, <laughs> they won state championships. More power so to them. Yeah, it worked out well for yeah. them. Um, in uh, in Herget's case, he's going to Eastern Kentucky now. Yeah, he got a scholarship, and I'm not sure he had that sort of opportunity last year. So yeah. it worked out for him. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with with Isaac Dixon and. And uh, Jagger or uh, in, in Gillis as they as they move forward as far as their college opportunities go, and, and, and the final point I want to make about this is the KHSAA doesn't deserve any blame for this either. No. This wasn't their decision. Nope. This was a state law. Yes, this went through the whole law process yes. and things like that. The only really thing the KHSAA got involved with was if you were nineteen by I think it was August first. If you had turned nineteen, then you couldn't come back mm-hmm. and play. So that was that's one of their bylaws that this law from the state legislature did not circumvent. So mm-hmm. all these kids who did this were at least eighteen when the school year started. So we, we don't know if any of them had turned nineteen, you know, during the season. Probably some of them did. But um, you know, th- this was a statewide thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> And to be quite honest, I've heard rumors that it could go into next year as well. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think the interesting side point to all this is 
how much is this going to affect the basketball season? Yes. So it's uh, true. It's something we'll, we'll be keeping tabs on. And, uh, you know, you look at just off the top of my head, and I'm not picking on anyone, but just because I remember this one, I think Doss had a ton of fifth-year guys yeah. um, come back. So we'll see how it affects the basketball season as well. It's going to be interesting. And, yeah, let, let, I want to also be clear. I know sometimes I feel very like I'm attacking on this yeah. podcast. I'm not attacking any kid. No. It's your decision. It's your household. You know, like, I'm not paying for your college scholarships. So, that you know what I mean? Like, that's your decision. That has So, I'm not attacking anybody that came back. And, and some people think by mere, mere, by us merely mentioning it we're that we're attacking. No. And, and that's not the case. Our job is to be reporters. Bring to light, yes. You know, we offer this without judgment. Yes. But this is what happened. We're yeah. acknowledging it. It's up to you to decide, you know, what, what you think is right or wrong about it yeah that's the only thing i want to make clear of so i don't yeah i don't take away any guy that came back and props to them they like i said they more than likely got better college offers and they're leaving with state championships so fair enough but at the same time in my opinion if i'm voting for mr football it wouldn't be like jack savoy or caden Veltkamp or you know what i mean uh a natural senior who just went through the normal journey they didn't come back they didn't do anything like that that's just the only point I want to make a and get yeah, across. Yeah. I'm not knocking anybody that came back, but if I'm giving the award to somebody, it's just going to be a guy who was a junior last year who had a big senior year this year. That's literally the only point that I wanted to make of that, and that's all it is. Yeah, and, and I, uh, you know, I treated this out Saturday night after the game, and I, I kind of hesitated because I didn't want to think maybe well. This is recency bias or something after just watching St. X win. But, you know, I'd been thinking about it for a couple of weeks, and, and I'm voting for Jack Savory for Mr. Football. And, yeah. Um, like I said in the tweet, he's not the most talented player no. in the state. There's there's no doubting that. But, you know, what an outstanding year he had. You know, <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm sitting here looking at his stats. 51 touchdowns. Yes. 28 passing, 23 rushing. Threw for 2,300 yards. Yes. Rushed for nearly 1,300 yards. Yes. Won the 6A state title. Played an outstanding schedule. Are there are there quarterbacks in the state who have better numbers? Yes. Yes. But you put those two together, the passing and the rushing numbers, there aren't many who have better numbers. Her, Herget might have better numbers, and we've talked about, wow, you know, maybe we're not voting for him again, being it was his fifth year. Um, I, I just think what he, what Jackson Vore did – um, you know, with one really good receiver, Makai Smith, and a bunch of just kind of role players, if yeah. you will. Um, didn't have a great running back, you know, with Walsh getting hurt back there. You know, had a good offensive line. But somebody made the point on Twitter the other day, you know, you, you got to think about who Savori was surrounded with, a bunch of D1 guys. No. <laughs> There's not a D1 guy on that offense, at least not yet. So, um, you know, he had an outstanding season, and in my mind, when you vote for Mr. Football, I think the parameters change on a yearly basis. It's oh, yeah. just sort of, sort of one of those things. It's like a gut feeling. Okay, yes, he's the guy. Yeah. And I think this year, Jack Savory is that guy for me. It's fair. And it, I, I, I laugh because I wasn't going to tell you, even though it's not like a secret. Whenever you tweeted that, I actually got a text uh, from a, a coach. Um, like, yeah, like your boy Franks is, uh, is betting against uh, some other guys putting Savory up there. And I like I'm, I made the point too with you in terms of agreeing. Like, would I vote for Savory? 
Maybe, maybe not, but he absolutely deserves to be in the discussion because of everything you mentioned. And my question is, who should be a Mr. Football? If you take a player off of a roster, what are they going to do? What does that team look like? What would St. X look like if Jack Savoy was not the quarterback? It's that simple. And you can look at history. Before that, eight wins. Second, third round loss in the playoffs. Nine wins. All of that. This year, state championship. You win at Orangeboro. You win at Central. You beat Manuel twice. You beat Trinity. You beat Ryle. You win at Elder in Cincinnati, Ohio. And you beat Mel in a state championship game where you threw for 300 passing yards. What else do you say? You win that, and then, I mean, you can't forget Davis County with Joe Humphreys. Right. You beat them, too. And he's the guy I was going to bring up. And if people vote for Joe, if Joe Humphreys wins Mr. Football, I will have zero problem with it. Right. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. If he wins it, fine. He's had an incredible year. Yes. Threw for nearly 4,000 yards, 48 touchdowns. He ran for 600 yards and 17 touchdowns. Yes. The, The only thing I'll say about that is who played better when they played each other. Exactly. Now you can say, well, Joe Humphreys doesn't have the resources around him that Jack Savory has. Right, right. And that's, you know, I guess that's a fair argument. But who played better when they played each other? And and Savory, you know, they won that game. Savory, his numbers were better yeah. uh, than Humphreys. So um, I think that enters in it too as well. You know, if Isaac Dixon wins Mr. Football, if Jagger Gillis wins it, if Cole Lanter from Boyle County wins it, or even yeah. Salah Brown, I mean, or anybody. And, and the thing we haven't even talked about, we've already had two Player of the Year awards announced in this state, and they're two players we haven't even talked about. Yeah, Xavier Brown from Lexington Christian, yes. the running back, just won Gatorade Football Player of the Year today, and Dane Key, the wide receiver from Frederick Douglass, who's going to UK. Oh. He won the Paul Horning Award. Yes. If either of those two guys won yeah. Mr. Football, it wouldn't be a bad decision. Yes. So, you know, th- there's not that one guy out there that is – I think stamped himself as the clear favorite, and so you know, call it Louisville bias. I know I'm going to hear that from a hundred different people out in the state. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of Louisville guys who haven't won the award that deserve to. Yeah. So maybe if there's a borderline Louisville kid that finally wins it this year, maybe it makes it up makes up a little bit for a Rondale Moore <laughs> not winning Mister Football. <laughs> yes, but then yeah, I mean. I, I, I hate to pick on schedules and resources, but yeah, I mean, South or St. X beat Orangeboro 51 to 38. Savory had five, four or five total touchdowns, 100 plus rushing, 100 plus passing. Davis County lost to them 49 to 42. Again, apples, oranges, you can compare all you want, but give me the, the schedule St. X had and the path and the journey that they had and what, you know, what they did on every stage. Again, that was. Yeah, second best team, second best schedule in the state, and you can argue it was the the best, yeah. but that was what yeah. they did on that schedule. Yeah. The one loss they had was the number one team in the state, nationally ranked, and they avenged that loss right. in the state championship. Yeah. So it's fair to have Savory. Yes, he is not more talented. Like I could, I could name what three more quarterbacks better. I've talked about I those five, I've four or five. Head. Yeah, I mean I've already we listed one off. Yeah, I was talking about Humphreys and, you know, Gavin Wimsett when he was here and Caden Belkamp and, you know what I mean, a lot of quarterbacks that I would take. <laughs> no question Steve about Cornette it. Cornette at Frederick Douglass. I would take those guys. No, qu- Jagger Gillis. Like, no question about it, I would take these guys. Big Shuddy. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I made the comment in terms of just like a, a, a quarterback that can throw the ball and run an offense. Yes, I'm taking other guys. But if you want just like a bulldog, I guess right. – 
not a pun intended because it's right. St. X, uh, a tiger, if you will. Like, someone that's just, you want him to have the ball, yep. and you just, like, he's going to give you something. It might be a rushing touchdown, a throwing touchdown, which he proved he can throw the ball. Give me Jack Savory. Just give me a winner instead of just, like, someone that has these great throwing mechanics and feet work. That's what he did on that stage. And we've kind of rambled on about this, but this we is have. the last point I'll make about I love it. it. And, and you know, Jack Savory wasn't on any preseason nope. list for Mr. Football. Nope. Uh, he wasn't on any preseason list of, you know, the top 50 prospects in the state or, or things like that. And people want to make that point, and I'm and I'm like, okay, so if we're just gonna vote on Mr. Football based on those things, then let's just hang out Mr. Football before the season ever starts. Yeah. If the season doesn't matter, yes, then let's just hang out the reward before the season starts. Yeah. So I, I think you have to take into account these sorts of things, yeah. and you know. And here's another thing. If you're emoting on Mr. Football before the playoffs started, I'm not sure sure we'd be talking a whole lot about Jackson. You wouldn't. Murray. But, you know, the playoffs matter. They do. It's voted on after the playoffs. And in my mind, he's the guy. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, I mean, that's, again, we are rambling, but whatever. Yes. It's the last football podcast. <laughs> but also, in a way, it's like we, like the basketball, Mr. Basketball, yeah. Mr. And Mrs. Basketball. It's before the state championship. Yes. And I guess one of the more controversial ones was the Dante Allen year. Like, should it have been David Johnson or Kiki Tandy? Yes. But, I mean, yeah, you, everybody said, like, hey, the Kentucky kid who was injured early in the year, it was like it was his award before the season even started because yeah. of where he was going to school. But David Johnson was the state champion MVP, and, you know, yeah. guys performed the entire season. So, yeah, it's a great argument, and it's a fair point, and um, who knows what we'll be arguing about this basketball season, but I'm sure that'll come up if – uh, someone wins the award that I just don't agree with. Yeah, don't get me started on Dante Allen. Yes, we will leave that alone for. Yeah, that may be a whole other podcast. Yes, it will. But this has been a fun football podcast, and um, we're putting a ribbon on it. So, any last words from you, Jason Frakes? Yeah, it was a, you know it was a very good football season. Looking forward to transitioning into basketball. We'll be here next week talking about the King of the Bluegrass, probably my favorite high school non championship event of the year. So. Uh, That'll be a great tournament and looking forward to it. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. And, uh, yeah, for me, I just appreciate uh, people that tuned in and followed along. And that was the one thing, too, I wanted to mention. You, you and I both, when we were out and about, and I, we would get text messages, parents and different people would walk up to us saying that they enjoyed the podcast. So we enjoyed a lot of those people, all the dads and moms uh, and coaches, ADs, all these people that uh, had fun with us and talking about uh, this podcast. And, uh, we hope that we keep uh, those same viewers and even bring on some new viewers um, as we uh, viewers listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was a TV guy before, Jason. Come on, don't give me too much. I, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I've only been here three years. <laughs> but yeah, we are going to uh, have listeners for Thanks. basketball. Thanks. We hope. I don't know. This is this has kind of been crazy. We'll Hopefully. Hopefully. But, yeah, next week we're going to preview King of the Bluegrass. We're going to uh, dive into so much more from what we'll see because, yeah, we're going to jump into some game coverage even more so uh, this week. Um, but uh, that's going to be the biggest key, and uh, we're going to continually hit the ground running. But we are going to enjoy holidays, and we're going to enjoy basketball. So that's it. Let's get out of here. Peace out. Thank you all for listening to the Prep Rally Podcast. For Jason Frakes, I'm Dominique Yates. See you next week. <laughs>